If you've been overlooked for a promotion that you felt like you deserve, if your business has failed, if um, you feel like you're failing as a father, if you are not where you feel like you should be, try to put it in perspective that, listen, these trials, like God is walking alongside me through this. I'm not alone in this. And he's he will show me something because of this. If, if I meet him, right? I can't just wait for everything to come to me. I do have to put in the work. I do have to, you know, till the fields. I do have to put in that, that time and effort. But because of those trials, because of the struggles, that is where the wisdom comes from. That is where the expertise in a certain area come from. If you were just good at it, it'd be easy. And would you really learn anything from that? You learn your, your, your sword is sharpened through friction. Hey, I want to welcome a great guest today for our series called Game Changer here uh, in the month of April as we round it out and going into May. Got some great, great guests lined up too. But today I've got Tyler Klutz, who I've admired his work for a while on his podcast called One Shot Podcast uh, with Ben Gibbs and Darren Woodson. And then he uh, he also played in the NFL for six years, uh, is a VP uh, of a commercial real estate firm in the Frisco area. Uh, and their office is actually at the uh, home of the Dallas Cowboys. So that's pretty cool. And he is a strong believer he professes his faith unapologetically on a regular basis and i see that uh as an admirable quality because it's not always easy to work in uh your faith into conversations but he he's very uh obvious about what he stands for and his principles and being a christ follower and i admire that and so we're going to talk about some of his outreach in the community some of the ways he gives back some of the ways that he incorporates and exhibits servant leadership since that's what we're all about um, he hosts a show a radio show there it's called all things epic as well where they do community stories uh, about military first responders um, just really good stories that they highlight and showcase so i had to bring tyler on i'm very respectful and admiring of his of who he is as a person and what he stands for so i hope you enjoy this episode with tyler klutz welcome him to less last in line podcast man tyler klutz welcome to last in line podcast man man thanks for having me appreciate you dude it's uh i was reading the intro and i was reading your bio and and i've watched your work i mean you and darren and ben like you have your one shot podcast and i know you do some other radio stuff up in the dallas fort worth area Man, I, I'm a, I'm an admirer just from afar. I feel like I kind of know you. I mean, I guess that's how it is when you listen to somebody's podcast. You kind of feel like you know them, but you really don't. I mean, you just like to add them to your friend list, but they're not mm -hmm. really friends. But man, I had to bring you on because I, I admire the way that you conduct yourself. And I know it sounds like a small mm -hmm. thing, but you're a believer. You're a man of faith. And you're not afraid to talk about it and you've got standards, you've got morals, you've got values. And I love that the guys you're with too on, on that podcast do as well. And, and they're just good yeah. guys. And mm -hmm. so I love the, the content, man. And y'all did one just recently about making kids uncomfortable or, you know, creating environments where you don't always, uh, 
pat the knee when it's scraped or you don't always, mm-hmm. you know, keep them from things. So I want to talk today to guys. It's a game changer episode, game changer theme. I want to talk to guys about how we get out of this middle ground. How do we get out of this feeling of average? Maybe this insignificance that we start to get into the mud of, and even though we're doing good stuff, right? We got a good family. We're a good job. There's guys out there that I feel like are in the middle that just aren't, aren't doing super things, aren't train wrecks, but they have another gear they could tap into. So I wanted to get your opinion on some things, but before we do that, man, um, talk about your life coming up through, like you were a high level athlete, football player, NFL college, like went to Fresno state, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. man, just, just achieved at a high level. So, uh, talk about, some of the challenges where you might've felt like, you know, I'm, I may not be a number one draft pick, you know, we're talking the NFL drafts on this weekend. So talk to the guys that are, maybe you felt some similar feelings as you were coming up through sports. Yeah. I think just naturally, like I just fall in the middle, like what you're talking about. Like, I think just my, my natural um, inclination is just to be okay. Like it's easy, right? I'm here. Like as, as an athlete, um, I mean, you mentioned high level athlete. That's that's one of the nicest things that somebody's ever said to me. I wouldn't consider myself an extreme athlete. Well, extreme athlete. let me qualify. Hey, let me qualify that. Anytime you lace up cleats in an NFL locker room, you're a high level athlete. Let well, me leave it at that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> But I just, I think from just a natural athletic ability, like I was, I was average. I was good. I, I wouldn't say like that at, at elementary school, I was never the best. Junior high was never the best. High school, I mean, by the end, I had, had uh, been fortunate to like have some success, but it was, it was one of those things I think I very easily could have just been comfortable um, but I, I mean, honestly, I just think God put it on my heart early on to, to want to strive for more. Um, like at four years old, I mean, I literally remember playing football at the park across the street from my house in Vacaville, California. I remember saying, I'm going to be Tom Rathman when I grow up. And I think anybody that's like under 35 is like, who is Tom Rathman? Like, no idea who that is. Well, he was a fullback for the San Francisco 49ers in the late 80s and early 90s, right? He's oh, he, yeah. he just a, like a legend as a fullback. And, and it was like, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So there was just like, you talk about that extra gear. Like, I think that was like that passion to want to play football and play on Sundays uh, I think was initiated early on in my life. And so, yes, maybe naturally my ability was average. Um, it was, there was like the desire that just, that allowed, allowed opportunities to um, just present themselves just because like I was there and I was working and I was, and I wanted it and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I always enjoyed the competition aspect of it. Um, and, and it was just one of those things for me, it never felt like, oh, I've got to work. I've got to work. It was like, man, I want, I I want it. I love this. I want more, I want more, I want more. And so, man, it's for me, that took me all the way through my athletic career. And, and, and I went through a ton of challenges, like a ton. I, you talk about that being on the side, being on the sideline and, and, and I love the analogy that, you know, the game changers, right. In order to be a game changer, you have to contribute. 
Um, but just because you're on the sideline, just because you're not a CEO, just because you're not a professional athlete, just because you're not, you don't run a nonprofit, just because you're not a politician, just because you're not in, in some influential role doesn't mean you can't contribute. Like you can be a game changer if you're the guy on the sideline that when the quarterback comes off, you're sitting down and talking to him about what you saw on the sideline mm-hmm. from your perspective that he maybe didn't see or didn't didn't yeah. um, you know have from his angle of view. You can be a game changer and not be necessarily in the game, which is, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to be the star to be a game changer. Yeah. No, you don't. No, yeah. You can make a change from the background as well. Like think about how many people um, like when you, when you look at like a movie production, like, yeah. okay, you may see the Brad Pitts, you may see the, the Keanu Reeves, you may mm-hmm. see the, you know, all of these big names. What about all of the people in the background that, that you never stay to watch the credits? Those are the people that made the movie possible, but they're not the star quarterback. You and don't so, see the director, like no. the guy that puts it all together, that makes those yeah. actors who they are. You don't ever see his face. Yeah, That's right. But, and you don't even see, I mean, you don't see the costume designing staff. No. You don't see the set crew. You don't see yep. the editing crew. You don't see all those, all those people. So, yeah. so for me, it was, it, I just, I wanted that and I wanted to push harder and, and the difference in, in, you know, my, um, my journey and, and having been blessed enough to make it to the NFL and play for six years was, was strictly out of, well, multiple things in the moment. I thought it was, Hey, I just work harder than everybody. And I'm, I'm just going to outwork because I love it. I love the training aspect. I love studying aspect. I love all those things. Now, as I matured and, you know, look back, I mean, it was God moving me hundred percent where he wanted me and in, in, in his time and not my time. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, my journey was not, Hey, you get drafted and you go, you go right to the league while well, it was undrafted. Yeah. Played in Canada, got cut in Canada, was out of football for a year and a half. I was dead broke. Wow. Played played in the arena league. I mean, I was literally working three jobs. I was selling Christmas trees. I was, I was working uh, as a bus boy and I was selling insurance all at the same time, just so that like I could provide something for my future wife. I was, I was engaged at the time. And so I thought it was all right, work, work, work. But what it was, it was God, it was God preparing me. It was God preparing me to be ready when that moment came, because had I been drafted, had I just gotten, gotten yeah. what I wanted since I was four years old to play in the NFL, there's no way that I would have, have been able to sustain that. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't yeah. ready for it. And yeah. so he was preparing me and reaffirming in myself. Okay. Like, I I do love this. I am passionate about this. I have a question. So for the guy that's hearing that, like it sounds like you never kind of took your eye off the ball and you always still had the goal of getting to the NFL, even though doors were kind of slamming in your face. So talk to the guy who's maybe a wait, you know, he's waiting on a promotion or maybe he got passed up and, you know, a guy that maybe is, I don't know, he's trying to start a business and, Mm -hmm. He's tried twice and it's, it hasn't worked, right? It's failed. Mm -hmm. 
man, where did you have to get in that? I know you said, well, I just kept my head down and I just kept grinding. That sounds great in theory. And that's exactly probably what you did, but talk about the headspace that you had to, that you kind of had to get into or get out of that Mm -hmm. might talk to somebody in a similar situation right here. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great point. It's, uh, it's a battle. Um, if I were to sit here and say, oh, you know what? I just, every moment, anytime anything bad happened, I just had the perspective of, oh, I'm, you know, this is something that I'm going to learn from. I'm going to be stronger because of this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds nice, but not, I, that's not where I was. As mm-hmm. I'm going through it, it was hard. I mean, it was, it was hard when I had to borrow $500 from my girlfriend, my wife now to pay for my, my, my car payment and my car insurance. Cause I didn't have any money mm-hmm. and you know, it was, it was miserable. And I'm like, and really I'm wrestling at that time. Like, God, what do you, how is this? How do you put this dream on my heart for my mm-hmm. entire life? And then now I'm, I'm no offense, Fresno. That's yeah, where I'm yeah. from. I love Fresno, but it's like, I'm living in Fresno slinging, I'm slinging auto insurance and, and Christmas trees. And like, I have no money. I'm supposed to be this. I'm not even close to that. What am I doing? And, and so again, we just did a, we just did an episode on the one shot podcast. We actually did a little series and then I would highly encourage some of y'all to go back and listen to, it's an episode with Jamin Roller. Um, He's actually, he's a, he's a good friend of ours, uh, pastor at citizens church in Plano, Texas. Uh, he's a, he's a younger guy, but God's just blessed him with wisdom and he's blessed him with wisdom because he's put him through trials. That was your wisdom and series, right? Wasn't that's that right. Wisdom series. Yeah. I heard that. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, we, we, there's a book called the wisdom pyramid. Uh, I tried to explain it and, uh, nowhere near as, as, as effective or, uh, well said as Jamin put it, but, uh, it was, it, it's one of those things that as I look back and I wish I had that perspective. And so I encourage, I encourage men out there. If you've been overlooked for a promotion that you felt like you deserved, if your business has failed, if um, you feel like you're failing as a father, if you are not where you feel like you should be, try to put it in perspective that listen, these trials, like, God is walking alongside me through this. I'm not alone in this. And he's, he will show me something because of this. If, if I meet him, right. I can't just wait for everything to come to me. I do have to put in the work. I do have to, you know, till the fields. I do have to put in that, that time and effort, but because of those trials, because of the struggles, that Mm -hmm. is where the wisdom comes from. That is where the expertise in a certain area come from. If you were just good at it, it'd be easy. And would you really learn anything from that? You learn your, your, your sort of sharpened through friction. Yeah. And in the, in the weight room, just as an analogy, I mean, if you're doing things where you can do 20 or 30 reps, if you're doing that kind of weight, you're not going to, if your goal is growth, guess what? It's probably not happening until you start hurting until you start failing doing reps. And so, yeah, I mean, there's guys out there that, I think are, are bought into this lie. You know, there's a great book out there. Uh, I want to say, is it Jim Collins? Uh, good to great. So yeah, yeah, I know we, we all in our minds, if we're high achievers, we think, well, good's not good. You know, good's not great. So good's bad. Like it, in the book, it talks about it's the enemy of great. Well, I think guys, when we're doing things the right way, 
you know, we're just kind of doing the same routine, but we're doing good stuff. Like, I think we get trapped into complacency because we think it's not great. Like we have this standard right here, but what I'm doing here is good. But mm -hmm. man, I want to, I think I should be up here. You know, it's not always the case because I think that gets us in a, maybe wrapped around the axle mentally where we start digressing when we get caught up in this, I'm not doing anything flashy. It's not mm -hmm. sexy. My business is widgets. You know, it's not mm -hmm. Apple computers. It's mm -hmm. fill in the blank. It's this yeah. and it's not that. Like talk about maybe how you had to dial into some of the gratitude element um, during the process and maybe even still, like I know, yeah. so you get out of that, you get out of that, you know, you finally get to the league and then you have six years and, and dude, that's more than anybody could ever dream of really like yeah. most, most of us guys. Uh, but talk about sort of how gratitude comes into play with the guy who I just described, who may be yeah. not okay with good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Unfortunately, we're in a culture that's surrounded by and consumed by negativity, whether it's in media, whether it's something and, and where it's dangerous is, is in the self-talk. It's yeah. really dangerous yeah. that like, like you said, if it's good, then I'm failing. If it's only yeah. good, I'm failing. Um, but I mean, there, there, there's a whole, there's a thing I think it's on Instagram talking about, um, you know, the, the man who enjoys walking is, is going to go further than the man that is looking for the destination. Mm. So mm. if you, if you figure out how to enjoy the process and enjoy just, okay, look, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other every day, day in and day out and consistency. Um, there's something very good about that. There's mm. something in, and good in a great sense because yeah, like you said, it, we're in this culture that you make a viral video. Now, you know, you're a YouTube sensation and it's instant gratification. Well, that's not reality, mm -hmm. right? That's not, you know, I, I wish I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really fascinated. And, um, and I respect like ranchers a lot, ranchers mm -hmm. and farmers. And I grew up in an area in central California where it's all ranching and farming. And, and we look at, we look at that profession we look at that choice of life, you know, whether it's a cowboy, whether it's a farmer and every day they've got, they've got to do the task. There's nothing flashy. There's nothing sexy about it, but they get up at 5am. They complete the things for the day. And guess what? Those are the men and women that mm -hmm. feed an entire nation. Yeah. Like, so you talk about like something that is like, not, that is not great. And, but those are the men and women that are making it possible for us to live in this comfortable state that we live in. Wow. And, and talk about a grind. I mean, that population is who defines the, what grind really means. Like yeah. guys that get up at three in the morning, do it, you know, all day. So yeah, I, in another life, maybe, I don't, I don't think I have what it takes right now to be a farmer. I've seen what those dudes go through, but mm -hmm. uh, so, all right, transition us, man. You, you got into the league, you, 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 you know, six years, you get out. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously you've made some good connections. You've built a network. I mean, at the very least, if you're a professional athlete, you come out with a network of people mm -hmm. through that time. I heard you mention a, a group of folks or it's a, it was a community really throughout professional sports. I may be off. It may have just been limited to the NFL, but 
you were part of a group of guys who were believers. It was almost like a, a virtual Bible study throughout the league almost. And where you guys mm-hmm. held each other accountable. I know there's a name for it and I miss it. Escapes yeah. me. No, that's right. talk, about, yeah. talk about that. And just how important a brotherhood was to your faith through that. Cause let's be honest, not every locker room looks like a church sanctuary sometimes or sounds no. like one. So what, how did you talk about that brotherhood you, you developed? Yeah. So, so my, my rookie year with the bears, um, Josh McCown quarterback, Mm -hmm. um, came in around Thanksgiving. Um, and, and he'd been a guy that, you know, had been in the league for a long time. He, He was out. He actually played in the UFL the same time I did. Well, he comes in and this is a, this is a guy again, had not been with the team during off season, had not been with the team during training camp when the camaraderie, yeah. um, you know, was really kind of built in, in, within a locker room. And immediately, immediately the culture within the locker room shifts. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I was a, I was a believer, um, but I wasn't like truly like, I really truly didn't have like that deep relationship with Christ at that point. I mean, I, 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 I knew Christ, but it wasn't like I pursued him, right? It was just kind of one of those things like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. And, you know, we go to church in the off season. I'll go to Bible study, but it was, yeah. it wasn't. And, and I look at him and, and he literally was a light in the locker room. And so he invited, uh, he invited the entire team and said, I will pay for every single one of you to come to this conference called PAO professional athletes outreach. And so uh, what it is, is it's a ministry. It was started in the NFL. Uh, it's expanded to Major League Baseball and the NHL, but it's been around for 50 years. And mm-hmm. it's a pro-to-pro ministry where professional athletes, we create we create a safe space. We do a conference uh, once a year. Um, and when, when I started, that's really kind of all it was, was a conference once a year. It's this mountaintop experience. But what it does is it brings... 300 NFL guys together. Mm-hmm. And it says, Hey, look, like we have, we are brothers in Christ first and foremost, before we are football players, which is amazing because now there's this network, like after games, it's like you have brothers on the sideline that across from you. Yeah. And it's man, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great uh, connection within the league and, and something that, like you said, like it, it's desperately needed. And then from in my NFL journey, right. I was, I was traded from Cleveland to Chicago. I was traded from Chicago to Houston, traded from Houston to Miami. I was released in Miami and came to Dallas. So I was in quite a few locker rooms in my six years. And PAO was first thing I do is I walk in and all right, there's four or five familiar faces that, that we've gone to, you know, professional PAO and they nice. call it the increase conference now. So that was a foundation really kind of just for, for my network with other guys and his immediate connection and helped grow kind of into a, a, a leadership role, you know, in the, on the spiritual space and within mm-hmm. the locker room. And so, yeah. you know, running Bible study and stuff like that. But yeah, since then, um, you know, my wife and I were on the board of it now we've been on it since 2015 and we've expanded, um, significantly we there's we have something called sports spectrum which is the the media side of it jason romano former espn guy uh runs that we got podcasts we have a magazine um we got multiple podcasts matt and leslie holiday do a podcast on it uh benjamin and kirsten watson do a podcast so a lot of the guys are doing doing some media stuff through that 
Um, and then, you know, we've got a bunch of outreach stuff that we're doing now. So yeah. it's, it's really cool to see that evolve. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, I, I was I was really taken by when you had mentioned something like that, because it's it's vital. And so, you know, obviously it it elevated your level of faith and relationship by just knowing you had other guys that were shoulder to shoulder, whether they were across the field that you were going to war with. And then after you were worshiping with like, that's yeah. a cool dynamic. And so I, I can only imagine that that like elevated your level of faith uh, yeah. and, and your walk uh, just in your journey. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm going to assume to, to the guy listening that's isolated in his faith. And we talk about it all the time is get with a couple guys. I mean, it doesn't have to be yeah. a thousand people like get with some people. I mean, in, you know, if there is a, con, you know, a convention or a, a conference or something, you know, sign up, take a, a buddy with you or whatever. But I think we got to create more of a brotherhood and we got to be more intentional about it. And it was nice that you, it's cool that you're still involved in a big way too on the board with that. Um, how do you, how do you get into media? Like you're, so you're a commercial real estate vice president right yeah. now. And you know, I mean, you're, for crying out loud, you guys' office is kind of a gross view. I mean, I don't know how you deal with it every day. You're, you're it's in awful. the star at Dallas yeah. Cowboy Stadium. So, I mean, you have to suffer through that, but Hey, do you guys like free stuff? Well, I mean, of course, not completely free, but maybe 20% free. My sponsors have been gracious enough to give Last In Line listeners 20% off with the code Last In Line. So I want to thank our sponsors, Gridiron Coffee. I want to thank Armored Coffee. I want to thank Lead Like Lions. I want to thank our sponsor, Do Work That Matters. And last but not least, I want to thank our guys at Cowboy Revolution Apparel. So thank you guys to our sponsors for supporting Last In Line Leadership. Go get you some stuff. Go get you some gear. Last In Line discount and get 20% off. Now back to the show. Man, what yeah. are you guys hearing? I mean, how many years have you been doing one-shot podcasts? I know it started mm -hmm. out as the Darren Woodson show and it kind yep. of evolved into one-shot podcast with you three guys. I'm, I mean, you guys are – it's funny how you guys just gel. I don't know. You guys feel – it seems like you guys have known each other your whole lives. But how? What, yeah. what do you like doing – what do you like most about doing that show? Man, just the encouragement I get out of it. And I, and I know Darren and Ben are the same. Um you know, the one shot podcast. So it was Darren Woodson show, like you mentioned. Um, and, and that was initially, it was just like, all right, well, it's a recognizable name. What do we want to do with this? It's great to get, we're, we're just starting, but it helps us get guests and it helps us get people just because of, of, of Darren and, and the man that he is and represents. But um, as we, as we went and going into your, your, I'm sorry, Year three, I get a colleague. Yeah, year three. Wow. Um, in the start of year three, we or halfway through year two, we were like, all right, well, the problem is, is people just associate Darren Woodson because he did ES, you know, he worked at ESPN for so long. That is a sports podcast. Um, and although we'll talk about sports, we talk about sports in in relation to life and mm -hmm. doing life and just life experiences. Mm -hmm. And, and what we wanted to do is we wanted to capture and, and when we rebranded, we wanted to capture what we were trying to accomplish. And it was essentially taking advantage of this one shot that we have at life yeah. while here on earth, what are we going to do to make an impact? Mm -hmm. 
And so uh, we rebranded and, you know, we do three different types of episodes right now. We do a guest episode and, and that's the encouraging part that I was talking about. It's, I'm so encouraged by, by these people that have done amazing things, but have overcome like tremendous obstacles, tremendous struggles that like you don't hear about. You, you see that they're a CEO or a business owner or a former SEAL or, um, you know, a professional athlete or, uh, you know, CrossFitter, whatever it is. Right. Right. And, and talking through the struggle and what you're talking about being a game changer, being a game changer is not easy. Like taking on that responsibility is not easy. Mm -hmm. And, and the second that you commit to, Hey, I'm going to make an impact. I'm going to do something. That's when the devil's going to say, Hmm. Yeah, we'll see about that. And yeah. so you are exposing yourself to attacks and and just and the encouragement of people like we had a guy, Drew Robinson, um, who was in the majors and during the pandemic struggled with depression and attempted suicide, shot himself in the head yeah. Yeah. and survived. And what he's doing, and he's very raw and real, saying, like, it's not just because I lived, yes, I had a second chance, I had a new outlook on life, but it's not like I don't still struggle. It's not like right. I'm still I'm not having to continue to um, you know, get counseling, to uh, be very conscious about what I do and how I think. Yeah, it's not a switch that you're just healed. No. You don't flip a switch no. and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, man, it's just been encouraging. It's been fun and just so interesting. I, I mean, I love stories, right? I, I just love hearing stories. Yeah. And that's what one of our... <laughs> episodes is completely dedicated to. And then, then we do a wellness. Ben um, mm-hmm. is a you know physical trainer or sorry, personal trainer. Right. That's what he did for years. And I mean, he's just a, a gym freak. And, um, and so we talk about physical wellness and, you know, we'll talk about things about free ways to get natural energy without supplementing with caffeine and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, we did a series on that. We're doing a series on, um, we're doing a series on like the importance of loaded carries and we brought yeah. out a little bit in those, which is great, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we do, and then we do a round table and that's just the, the one you mentioned about creating resilient kids. We're talking about just relevant topics. And, you know, one of the things, you know, one that we've talked about over the years is like how we need men to step up as leaders. Yeah. Um, and, and that round table format is like, all right, Hey, we're sitting around a campfire and we're just, we're just talking. Yeah. I like that because, I mean, we talk a lot about masculinity here, and I know there's a lot of men's movements going on right now. Thank God there's, they're, they're all kind of yeah. taking off really well, and I listen to a lot of those guys. But, yeah, we talk a lot about just the role of men and Christian men kind of being a little bit, you know, I don't, flabby in their faith, if you want to call it that. I think we're all kind of – not all, but there's a lot of us that are just kind of going along to get along. Yep. I'm a Christian and, and everything's cool within, you know, my core four walls here. And then, man, we need to kind of, I think we need to step our game up and like get our shoulders a little bit broadened more in our faith and, and be a little more outspoken. But uh, I love that you guys do the uh, full disclosure. I'm going to, you know, guilty pleasure like i like when you guys review a book because then i don't feel like i have to read it word for word i mean i got a tom i got atomic habits after you guys went through it and so now i can go through and like highlight and go oh yeah i remember that you know so uh i appreciate giving me the cliff notes on some of that but uh yeah uh yeah i'd like to see i don't know if you're gonna do some more of that uh, yeah we are yeah no we we enjoy that and uh we got we got a good one coming up that we're that we're reading right now so 
yeah. here in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. We've got we've got one coming. Ben, so Ben is a data guy. He loves oh, get, gosh, pulling data loves numbers research. Out. I bet yeah. you love that because if it were me, I'd be like, I'm glad I have that guy because I probably wouldn't be that guy. So we need 100%. that balance. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. All right. So I digress on that topic, but I do want to go through because you mentioned something about some of the common themes with the guests you bring on is this overcome this Mm -hmm. challenge struggle. Look what we've done though, in spite of where I came from, aside from being in and out of the league and kind of busting tables and selling trees, like anything in your life you can speak about that was maybe a significant trial that Mm -hmm. you broke through on. Uh, that you maybe mm-hmm. had to lean a little more into your faith and, and maybe you weren't even a Christian that, that deep of a Christian when you went through mm-hmm. it. But can you talk about some of that struggle and give some guys some encouragement? Cause I know we got guys right now that are probably yeah. knee deep in some of that. Yeah. So for me, I would say the transition um, was one of the harder things, but man, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Um, we we're talking about this in, in my, my men's group uh, Thursday mornings that we do. Um, is, is sometimes I feel like, yeah, like I had a hard journey. And like, when you, when you get on a podcast or you're speaking to kids and you say, Hey, it wasn't easy for me. I, you know, it took me three years from college to get to the NFL. Like you put that in perspective, like that's not, that's not a bad struggle. Right. Like I've been really lucky and I've been really blessed. Um, but I, I would say the darkest time in my life was in the transition. And I think from the transition out of the NFL, um, because it was, it was a time that, so there was, there was multiple layers of it, but, um, my last three years in the league was probably the strongest that I was in my faith up to that point in my life. And I'm thinking like, all right, I got this, man. God's got my back. Like we're good as I'm going to this transition. Like I know my identities in Christ and it's not in football. Um, but what I wasn't prepared for was, you know, I mean, honestly, kind of the, the, the Job thing. It's like, all right, we're going to see now, like we really truly are going to see. And I went, I went 100% opposite of football. And I was like, Hey, my identity's not in football. So I'm not even going to associate with, with football. Like, so if, if, if I would be out and people are like, Hey, are you the, did you play football? No, no, no. Like I, I literally like, I, I didn't even want to associate with it. I didn't want to be known for it. I want, I avoided it at all costs. And so it was like an unhealthy way. And, and I really struggled and I recognized that, Hey, as much as I said, my identity is not in what I do. It really was mm. like, as much as I said, it didn't matter that like I'd go to a restaurant and people are like, Oh, Mr. Klutz. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get you right in. Like it really did at me and it really did and it was it was this this superficial identity that had been taken away from me and, and I wasn't I wasn't strong enough internally so I struggled so and then I buried myself in the real estate and the real estate work and we just had twins um, and my wife was going through a phase as well that she was now for the first in she was dealing with trauma that had happened to her about 20 years prior like significant trauma in her life. So she was walking through that, going through counseling. I was buried in work. We had twins and it was just a very dark and, mm-hmm. and lonely time. And 
And I, I had thought that I'd learned going through my, my football journey that, okay, hey, look, I mean, it wasn't me. It wasn't my hard work that got me here. It was God. And it was God moving, moving me where he needed when he wanted me to be there. And it, it had nothing to do with my hard work. Well, unfortunately, I reverted back to it. And it was like, God, I got this. I'm going to work harder than everybody else. I'm going to be at the office at six. I'm going to be there until seven. Head night. down, head down, head yeah. down, grind. And, and honestly, it tore up my marriage. It tore yeah. up my relationship with my two older kids. Um, and it was just a really hard time, like a really, really hard time. And I started, I started now, instead of basing my success on what I did on the field, I started basing my success on my income. And it was like, and, and I, you know, i get in arguments with my wife about, she's like, I don't care how much money we make. We're fine. Like, don't worry about it. I said, well, that's the only way you can judge success in real estate. That's the only way. That's the only marker. And, and I was so wrapped up in it and I buried it. And it was honestly, it was three years. That was, it was really, really hard. And yeah. I was a wreck I, and I was an absolute wreck. And, yeah. and, and coming out of that, it was the only way that I was able to come out of that was surrender. And, really? and recognizing that I can't do this. Like once I said, all right, I can't carry this weight anymore. I'm not strong enough as, as much ego as, as I have. I can't carry this. I can't do this all. And I can't continue to, um, to put the pressure on myself internally, which in turn was putting pressure on my wife, which was in turn putting pressure on my kids. Yeah. I can't continue to do that. Like, Jesus, like I, I've just got to give it. To were you. you were you connected to anybody that were kind of a mentor for, with your faith at that time, or did you isolate yeah, like most isolate. of us do? Uh, yeah, yeah, I isolated. Like literally, I joke. Um, I joke like the literally the first nine months um, from when I went into free agency until I just was full time in real estate. Nine months. Talk about isolation. I literally locked myself in my garage and woodworked for nine months. That's all mm. I did. Yeah. Like I'd get into the garage at like 8 a.m. I I'd, I'd get up, I'd eat, and I'd go literally in the garage and I'd build stuff. Wow. Um, and at the time, I joked like, "Oh yeah, it's productive. At least I'm doing stuff, and I'm um, you know, I'm I'm not out drinking. It's an outlet. Yeah, Healthy same outlet. thing. It was a crutch, and and so I 100% isolated. Um, and. And honestly, it was, it was in my wife and, and there's a whole longer story about like the strength that she showed as mm -hmm. I was trying to get into the league when we first started dating, mm -hmm. but her surrendering her saying, all right, Tyler's not my savior. Tyler's not my God. Yeah. I can't expect him to fix me. And so it was me um, being selfish and focused on the success that I needed to feel, to feel like I had value yeah. and then watching my life unravel and then watching her deal with trauma that was much more serious than mine and her just like putting all of her hope and, and um, her hope and faith and um, I mean, trust in the Lord and to see what he was doing with her. Man. And, and that's one thing that like, I think as men, especially, and I feel like, I, I do feel like this, uh, and I'm generalizing, so I'm not saying this is every home, but I do feel like we are lacking in that spiritual leadership in our homes. Yes. Like men, we feel like, hey, I'm working, I'm providing, like yeah. I'm doing my job. Yeah. Um, 
And it's, it's one of those things. If you ever hear Dr. Tony Evans, if you mm-hmm. ever hear his testimony, his, his mom and dad were not believers. He grew up in Baltimore and they were not believers. And his dad became a believer and his dad every day would get up at 6am and he'd sit at the kitchen table and he'd read his Bible. And his mom hated him for it. Like would, would ridicule him, would yell at him, would get abusive with him and do all these things. And he like the gentleness and the consistency that he continued to show. And he just was in it every day. And, and it finally with Tony Evans, mom was, she's like, Oh my gosh, like I see a change in this person and God is truly changing him. And it wasn't him telling her what she needed to do. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a dad telling his son, get a Bible, do this, or, or you need to be this good at sports and you need to to do this. It was leading by example and being that spiritual leader in the home and and the changes that God makes in you, letting those speak for themselves. And that's what I feel like a lot of men were lacking in is that we, we just don't step up in our home. It wasn't different. My wife was the spiritual leader at that point in our marriage. And she was the example of what it would look like to pursue Jesus. Yeah. And, and if I was to just, I'm going to put words in your mouth because I can almost guarantee you would say this. If you could give yourself advice looking back rather than have to go through that three-year period, you would say, don't isolate. Like that's a given. Uh, Cause I think where the rubber would have met the road with you to that kind of pushing through that wall would have been if you'd have had a couple guys like a Thursday morning group you're talking about, if you'd have had them, then I almost bet somebody would have pulled you out of that and kind of like snapped you out of it. So that's a message for all of us. Like I'm not good at it. Guys aren't good at willingly calling and going, Hey, meet me for coffee. I got some baggage to dump on you. Cause that's how I see it. Like nobody wants to hear my problem, right? Everybody's busy. Everybody's got their own stuff. So, but I think that's where we, the devil lies and says, no, it's bad for y'all to connect because he knows we're an army if we connect. So I, I think, I mean, for somebody listening, one of my greatest tools as a parent is being a cautionary tale voluntarily. Like I tell them, look, this is where I was. This is what I used to do. This is why you don't get to go these places. Like, so, so for somebody listening to look at your story and go, wow, okay. I won't have to go through three years of that. Like he did, if I just do this. And so the the blank would be connect with other believers in the word and and lean into God in those moments. So, and as we kind of wrap up, cause I know we got, you know, it's a busy day for you. So Give our guys one sort of final shot. Like you're a, you know, you're, you're a co-host, um, mm-hmm. successful in real estate. Like all the, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed in Tyler Clutt's life. Uh, mm-hmm. From, from, you know, the way we look at you now and, and what from I a hear worldly from you because, optic, well, optical view, yeah. But you're also very authentic and transparent. Like there's, I bet if I ran into you at the grocery store, I'd, this is the same guy as I'm talking to you now. I would be there. So I feel like you're a real dude. So, Give a real message to the guys. When you talk mm-hmm. about masculinity, leading our home spiritually, give us something that may be a little locker room talk if it has to be, but but wake some guys up right now, and, and that's okay. Right? I see what you got behind you. That's fine. What's up, yeah, you buddy? See, you want to see, see a little man? Yeah. This, is, uh, this is my little is savage the, right here. So that's right here, the one that got his yeah. eye stitches. Yeah. That's the coolest part of this show right here. You're this the is man, Rocco. Dude. Yeah, no, he's he is a stud. Hey, buddy, with, a, with, a, okay. with a name like Rocco, though. you have it in your mouth already. Oh, ask mom about that. Yeah, 
With a name Sorry. like Rocco, you got to have a scar above your eye. I'm sorry. I, that's true. That's a good point. That's that's a great. So point. he's locked in. <laughs> the name can never change. All right. That's right. So yeah, give that's us right. a little locker room talk to guys. Get in our face a little bit on what we can do uh, in our homes to be better spiritual leaders. Yeah, I just think. I mean, it's it, it's probably a little bit repetitive, man. But I'm I'm really passionate about exactly what you are doing, mm-hmm. in in being game changers. We have too many too many men that are passive right now. Uh, we have too many people, and you, whether you look at the political climate, the cultural climate, whatever it is, we have too many people that are saying, mm, I'm going to let somebody else do it. Um, I just encourage, I, I, I would encourage men to be courageous because as, as uncomfortable as, as it is, as, as much as we want you know, our life to be comfortable, like get uncomfortable and, and do the things that others don't want to do, because if we're just watching this world deteriorate in front of us, like we're, we're trying to make it easier for our kids, trying to make it easier for our grandkids, but we are making it exponentially harder. Like I am terrified if we continue at this pace right now mm-hmm. with a lack of leadership with men, what our world is going to look like in 15 years, what it's going to yeah. look like in 20 years. Yeah. I'm terrified. Yeah. And so you know, we, we talked about building, you mentioned, we talked about re- building resiliency in kids. Um, you know, there's a book called uh, Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter, um, mm-hmm. just a- about how we are just always trying to be comfortable and the importance of getting uncomfortable and being courageous in times that we need to step up is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say, if you feel that, if you feel that in your heart, that is the devil trying to dissuade you from stepping up to do what you're called to do. Um, be a leader in your home, first and foremost. You want to make an impact on this country? Be a leader in your home. Yeah. Be a leader by example. Yeah. Um, and, and then you can start in your community. But like, be a leader in your home first. Um, love your kids. Encourage your kids. Be empathetic with your kids, but push your kids. Right. Um, make, show your kids that it is okay to be uncomfortable. And then as you go out in the community, I just, I, I, I would just encourage also to, you talked about service, um, the importance, we talk about it on the One Shot podcast all the time, is the importance of, of service and getting uncomfortable. Because it's uncomfortable sometimes, honestly, like to go to a bad part of whatever city you're in and go serve. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really know what to say. And I don't really know what to do. It's like, get uncomfortable because I'm, I'm telling you, the impact, not only that you're making on other people is profound, but even more so what it's going to do in your heart and your soul, because the, the perspective shift that you will have because of it. Like when you come home and you say, I had the worst day today, man, I had, I had this guy that was talking about this in the office and you know, I lost this deal or I'm, yeah. I'm dealing with this boss or whatever it is. Like if you think that that's the worst part of your day, Again, go serve in South Dallas, go serve in South Central LA, go serve in another country for crying out loud. And tell me that that's a bad day. Because what that does is that allows you to then approach your day with gratitude. Mm -hmm. And now instead of being that negative person that we talked about, this negative aura that's around everywhere, now you walk in, you're like, dang, instead of having to go to work and make cold calls or having to go into work and lay concrete or having to go into work 
and you know design this web page. I get to, I get to, because otherwise there's these other people yeah. that would kill <clears throat> to have what I have. So That's right. again, be courageous, get yourself uncomfortable, be be a leader in your home first and foremost, and then in your community, step up. And then three, man, it's got, you've got to be consistent with service because yeah. when you can get outside of yourself, you can understand the, the unlimited blessings that we have here in this country. So good, man. That's so good. I, I'm glad you threw the gratitude element in there. Cause I'm big about, I'm real big about that on here, man. I'm going to let you go. And I appreciate you man. coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. No, to know awesome stories, man. I, I love stories too. And so I knew you could offer some stuff on that. And, and I know yeah. you like to tell stories and, and man, I wish we could go another hour, but I'm going to let you go, but Thank guys you, check them we'll out. We'll do this again for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I love should. this. I mean, what you're doing, I, I love it. Like, you're right in line with us. We're just trying to, we're, we're trying to encourage, we're just trying to encourage people, um, you know, again, to, to make an impact, to do something different. Like we really truly only have one shot at this. Let's take advantage of it. And I think just to coast is a disservice, is a disservice to us all. It is, man. Go check them out on One Shot Podcast. Uh, reach out, subscribe, like, follow them. Uh, they've got great content. I listen to them every week. So on behalf of him, this is Tyler Klutz. We've been last in line. Be blessed. Yeah.